Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 395, recorded live on Sunday, January 18th, 2015. And here are your hosts, the man covering for Andy Lowe, Bry Lindsley. Hello. And the man who's not covering for Andy Lowe, Dave Pillay. I hope not. Although I suppose I, I'm covering for him in the sense of I'm actually doing the recording, but I won't be messing with the files. Andy does the files. I think being a part of the recording is just because you're our co-host. Yes. So not covering for Andy in any way, shape, or form. I think you're covering yourself in this case. I'm covering for myself. I think. Hi, Bri. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. On this fine, fine weekend? It's rain over here right now, so it's eating up all the snow, which is good. It's like 38 degrees out here and sunny and nice. Ah, the Random Access podcast where we talk about the weather. It's either that or food. I I could talk about the tea I'm drinking. Would that work? I'm not sure if tea counts as food. I have pretzels. There we go. Okay. Now that that's done. Yep. What's new? Do you want to know what's new in my life or what's new as far as topics? In, in, in your life, there is a banter section before topics. Just making sure. Um, to be honest, not too much. Turning 30 soon. Um, and that's about it. Hey, birthday's in like a week. Not mm-hmm. even a week. It's in four days. What do you want for your birthday? Uh, don't worry about celebrating that. Um, I'm hoping to get everybody in town sometime during the summer. So we can uh, go paintballing together because paintballing in the winter, not so much fun. Okay. That's what you want for your birthday is to go paintballing with all my friends. Okay. How about you? It's new and exciting. New and exciting. New PC. It is built. It lives. It lives. It's not being used to record this yet because I haven't installed Mumble or moved the microphone over. Well, at least you know you don't have to troubleshoot it. In what sense? Well, sometimes on a new PC, you're going to have to troubleshoot your issues. So this week, we won't have to worry about troubleshooting issues. Ah, yes. Not for not for recording, at least. Yes. I had to troubleshoot a number of other things already on the PC, and I have to tell you... Building your own PC is really nice and really rewarding and really fun. It is also incredibly terrifying. I I tried it once and had so many issues with the power sources. Like, I had a bad power source, had to get a new one. And that one was bad, had to get a new one. So I, I just buy pre-made now. Did you order them from Newegg? No, Tiger Direct. Okay. I've had bad experience with Newegg. I've had pretty, you know, middling to good experience with Tiger Direct, so I'm sorry to hear that that was so rough for you. It was like four or five years ago, so no big deal. Okay. I, yeah. But just, you you put everything together, you put it all in there, and then you don't know if you did it right until the very end. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you screwed something up, you have no idea where it is. You just turn it on, you're like, Please start. You're not starting. Please Why work. Aren't you starting? Please work. Please work. Please work. Please work. Please work. Yeah, I remember those days. Although the the motherboard I got, so you know the the beep codes that motherboards use. You know of them, I do not know them by heart. Right, but you know what they are. That this this like 
when there's an error, the motherboard will actually beep out a series of tones. Right. And so it's like too short and a long means this and three long and too short means this. My motherboard actually just has a two character display. Gotcha. So it's actually kind of cool because you can watch it progress. It's not just for error codes. It's the entire status. And so you can watch it as it boots. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's really nice. I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I'm just waiting for the day when motherboard chips have like integrated speakers and the software so that it'll be like power source bad instead of just beeps. <laughs> error. Power source. Error. Power source. Of course, if it's your power source, would the motherboard get enough power to actually give you that error code? It depends what kind of problem with the power source. True. What was your problem? Uh, I don't I don't know. It just stopped working. Oops. But yeah, I got the new PC and I've been I, I built it on Tuesday. And of course, as you know, true Dave fashion, I managed to injure myself while building the PC. What'd you do? I I had to check something in my other computer, and so I opened up the case and reached in to check something forgetting that I had just installed a new fan in there. <laughs> and so, I mean, computer fans, for the most part, you can touch them and you're fine, whatever. Not when they're brand new and running at full power. I've never tried. This thing took a pretty significant chunk out of my fingers. And of course, it was the fingers on the right hand that I was using to build the other computer. No pain, no gain? Yeah... More like, at this point, I just consider it good luck when I lose a little bit of blood on a project. That kind of scares me for some of your other projects you have in mind. I have ingots. Yeah, that, that That's another thing I did this week. <laughs> it's another thing I did this week. Please tell me you didn't I have ingots. lose any blood on that one. Uh, I, I had, on a different project on the same day... I had uh, that I, I kind of associated the two projects. I did injure myself on that one too. I didn't lose blood, but I may have burned myself on a soldering iron. Wait, soldering iron? What? What? Pro- what are you doing over there, Mister Projects? A lot of things, keeping what? myself entertained and busy. <laughs> that explains why you're not on Hangouts anymore. I'm on Hangouts, just not on IRC at all. No, Hangouts, I I messaged you sometime last Tuesday and never heard back. You did? Yeah, no big deal. I finally got a hold of you. What did you message me? It was in the uh, Alright Backups group, just talking about... Uh, oh, yeah, about the Python class. Yep. Yeah, I, I saw that, and then meant to respond to that, and then never responded to that. Because you're too b- busy burning yourself and cutting yourself on fans. Yes. I mean, wait... Yeah, no, it's uh, I'm that's another project that's coming up relatively soon, that Python class, and that's a reminder to all of you listening that there is a Python class that Andy and I are going to be participating in. Bry is going to be participating in it. Uh, a couple other friends of mine are going to be participating as well, and we're going to try and have like a weekly, not not necessarily a discussion section, but recap section. I guess more of a discussion section of what was the week and what what issues are people having and if we need more explanation or if we can help with it. I think the best term you used for it was study hall. Study hall? Yeah. Did you have you have you started reading any of the material yet? 
Nope. It's programming not from the typical programming perspective, but more for like data analysis perspective. As expected with Python. With Python, particularly from the School of Information at U of M. Yay, Almater. For both of us. I almost applied to the School of Information. If things had gone a little bit differently, this could be my project at the School of Information. Oh, if alternate dimensions. Then you could be still here in Ann Arbor. I know. I miss Ann Arbor. It misses you. Okay. With that, perhaps we should move into the topics. Sounds good. Where would you like to start? Uh, hmm. That is a good question. Let's talk about finding numbers inside other numbers. <laughs> talk about math again. Yay, math. Not really, I, don't, I don't know if I'd call this math. This actually is a, it's, it's someone using a computer program. That, that kind of works, right? I wouldn't be surprised this was written in Python, to be completely honest, to bring everything together. Yeah, it feels like a Python-ish problem. Actually, there's a link, so let's see if it takes us to the actual program. We can get a copy. Where? Oh, maybe not. Yeah, he doesn't say. I could probably dig deeper and, and find out like what he usually programs in. It's probably Python. So, books have a, a code called the ISBN, which is like the international something book number. Probably standard. International standard book number. Hang on. I don't think it can be. Oh my god, it is. It is the international standard book number. Uh, and so books after a certain date all have ISBNs. If they're published, they have to have an ISBN. Pi is an infinitely long number in the sense that it has an infinite number of digits. And the 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 article says it's random. It's not random but it's not a a predictable pattern it's not something where you can look at the previous to determine the next and so in an infinite pattern like that all number combinations exist I wouldn't say all number combinations though uh, but any finite number combination exists fair so somewhere in pi should be every ISBN. And so there's a gentleman looking for those numbers. He found three. That he did. How long did it take him to find three? Um, in the, fir- the three hits were in the first 15 million digits of pi and took 10 minutes of uh, actual to see time. Yeah, I see uh, 409,000 digits. Uh, that's when he had the first book, second book, and the third book. Uh, I see. Yep, Healing Knife was at 3 million. I wonder if there's like a cluster of them somewhere. I I wouldn't know. I can't get past three digits of pi. Really? I never bothered memorizing more than that. I mean, that's all you need for like basic calculation. Which is why it's, I've got memorized. So you have 141? Or is the, is the three one of your digits? So it's 3.14. <laughs> it one of my digits. Okay. <laughs> so you have 3.14. After that is a 1, then a 5. Then what? 3.14159265. Keep going, Dave. Let's no. bore the readers or listeners. We could, man, if I want to fill space, I could just look up digits of pi and start reading. This podcast is now a sleeping podcast. 
All right, that's enough. Although it does make me think that we should just record you saying one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then just have a program to read out each one as it sees the number. Although an interesting kind of little little thing, zero is the I think it's the last number to appear as a digit of pi. How did they figure that out? What? Well, you you just keep going until you get all the numbers. It's an infinite sequence. But that its first appearance comes after every other number has appeared. I see. Okay. I thought you meant literally the last digit. It's the last... Well, no, it it can't be because... Probably you know what rational numbers are. I know. That's why I was like, what? (laughs) Right. But even if it was the last digit of pi, even if there was such a thing, it couldn't be a zero. Why not? It's the same as... Because what's the last... It's the same as without the zero. So? It worked to add the zero. You could say that's the last digit of any decimal number. And I did. Actually, you just did. Well, any finite decimal. Right. Any rational number in decimal format. So what what else would you search for in pi? If there were any trees or apples. Trees? Cherries. Cherries or apples, because you're looking at pi. Uh Uh-huh. What would you be looking for in the number pi? I don't know. (laughs) I can't think of any that I'd want to look for. Maybe how many times it gets consecutive. For how many digits? Like, a per, like uh, not necessarily per... Well, I guess as a per-digit thing would be interesting. Like every thousand digits, you see it five times on average of, of, right, of a but, billion digits. But are you are you looking at... Oh, so wait, you're you're looking at like... I'm not sure what you're looking at. You're saying you're looking for consecutive numbers. Right. And you, But are you, like, if I have, you know, from a, zero a 5 to followed nine. by a 6. 0 to 9. Okay, so, so all 10 consecutive. Correct. Per thousand, and you do that a billion times, and you get the average. What if it crosses the thousand? Like, the 995th number is a 0, and then it keeps counting up, 1, 2, 3, 4, then and then you're at the next thousand. Doesn't get a match. I have a feeling there are there are very few instances of this, relatively uh, speaking. Yeah, I would expect so. Because if if you go with the, I'm I'm still not convinced that it's it's the way people think it is. As far as like, oh, any sequence of numbers shows up in pi, uh, it would also have to show up an infinite number of times. Sure. <laughs> if it were truly random, but pi isn't random, so yeah. I think it's less if it was truly random. It's more if it's truly infinite, which it is. Well, if if it were truly random and infinite. Right. It has to be both for, for things like that to happen, for it to be like, oh, it contains X number of, of digits in this order. Because I can come up with an infinite series of numbers that does not repeat, but does not definitely does not contain other numbers. So if you don't think it's random, then theoretically the situation would happen where it actually repeats everything that happened before it. Yes. So maybe that's what you would look for in pi? Uh, At what point does it repeat? That would be weird. Well, but it wouldn't re- it, it would repeat, but only for like a section of it. It would have to repeat for the entire sequence in order for it not to be random. 
Huh? It would have to repeat for the entire sense of the stuff before it for it not to be random. No, it doesn't. There has to be a pattern for it not to be random. Yeah, but pattern doesn't mean repeating the previous digits. 0.1101001001000100000000000000 etc would be an infinite non-repeating pattern. Okay. All right. So that's pi. Something a bit more gamey and fun. Uh, I mean, Pi is fun to me, but not to, to many other people. Warhammer. What about Warhammer? If you ever want to totally get lost in the lore of an alternate universe, oh my god, Warhammer. Now, are you th- but beyond that... I, I'd say, I'd argue 40k is worse. Well, yeah, I, I meant 40 When I say Warhammer, I mean 40k. Gotcha, because they are two different universes. I know... 40k is so cool. So messed up, though. Uh, there is a, a a series of games called Total War. You know, Rome Total War, Empire Total War, Napoleon Total War, etc., etc. And it looks like that there will soon be a Warhammer Total War. Which is pretty awesome. It does fit very well. Like, the Total War series is about giant armies fighting other giant armies. And this fits very well into the Warhammer universe. It, yeah, it's kind of hard not to put that in Warhammer. So Warhammer and 40k are different. Are, is it the same universe at different times? I'm not an expert enough to know. Matt would know. Because, like, it's Warhammer, but 40,000 years later, right? Like, that's the 40k, is it's 40,000. I'm pretty sure that's the case, but again, I'm not 100% sure. Okay, we should talk to Matt on that one. I I picked up uh, Total War 2, Rome Total War 2. I actually pre-ordered it. It's one of the last things I think I'm ever going to pre-order. Why is that? Because I'm, I'm sick and tired of getting super excited about a game that's coming out, and I pre-order it, and then I play it for five minutes, and I'm like, eh, maybe not. And then, like, three weeks later, it goes on sale because no one's buying it. Yep. I feel like every time I pre-order something, I get burned, which is unfortunate because I pre-ordered uh, uh, Star Citizen by doing the Kickstarter. You did more than pre-order that. I've sunk a lot of money yes, into that. Have. It's one of the reasons I bought a new computer. Is it? Yeah. One of. It's not the reason, but it's certainly a reason. Looking forward to playing because uh, my, my new graphics card should be able to crush that software. Depends on how well it's written, to be honest. Oh, they keep improving it. Which is good. Speaking of software, uh, did you see the StarCraft tournament that's only for AI? Yes! Oh, man. we So we actually talked about this a couple years ago. Uh, they've been doing it, I think, since like 2011. They've just been doing it every year. It's uh, students in computer programming get to make an AI and have that AI play StarCraft. And they have it play against other AIs. It's really cool. I love the concept of it. I am terrified of the results. Because it plays much better than you'd think it would? Uh, <laughs> it, it plays... I'm pretty sure these AIs could, t- could take down some of the pros. It would be an interesting match. I mean, they basically cheat. They, it would be like Kasparov all over again. Mm-hmm. They, they're just incredible. I, I don't know... Because they can issue commands instantly, right? So they they get the signal from the program that something has happened. They can respond 
immediately. Right. So it's all about just taking the tactics that the pros have developed and encoding them. I was reading through the list of AIs, though, because on their site, they actually posted those. Did you mean any that you remember? From previous years? Gotcha. No. I didn't, I didn't pay attention to it close enough on previous years. But I'm trying to load the page now, and it's having a little difficulty. That's unfortunate. Oh, no. Page down. Oh, well. Uh, one of the top AIs this year, though, is an adaptive AI. They actually have heuristics in it where it's, it starts learning and it predicts the strategy of its opponent and it watches what its opponent is doing and changes its strategy based on that. That's pretty advanced stuff. Yeah, because usually it's, it picks a strategy and adapts within that strategy, right? That's, that's kind of the core method of doing an AI for a game is you pick the strategy, you make it flexible, but you pick the strategy and you you have it adapt within the confines of that strategy. The one that's doing really, really well can actually just switch strategies on the fly. It's almost human. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'd like to see what they would do with StarCraft 2. Because this is all the original StarCraft. It would be interesting to see what techniques change because of the different units. Yep. I also want to see uh, an old StarCraft Pro go against one of these AIs and just see what happens. The problem I have with the term old is that might imply that they uh, have lost a lot of their their speed. True. Well, the thing is, I don't know that anyone is still playing StarCraft. They've all moved on to StarCraft 2. That's true. But it's out there, and you can go watch the AIs play. They have the recorded games. They're not, you know, as fun to watch as like a recorded StarCraft 2 game. There's no there's no voice casters, there's no referee talking about, oh, and he's doing this, and oh, look at... You know, the things that make watching these games fun. Because when you don't have that, you're just watching a bunch of units on the screen. Dance! Whee! Look at that probe go. Oh my god, it built another probe! Probes can't build probes. No, the it's being <laughs> the AI. That, oh man, that'd be an interesting switch if the probes actually built more probes. So that that would be the AI tourney. Interesting. Power glove. Yes, the Nintendo Power Glove. It's so no, bad. It's so awesome. So this, I saw this one. Uh, a guy is taking. He took the Nintendo Power Glove and wired it to basically his setup for stop motion. And this guy has done stuff like uh, Robot Chicken. And uh, a couple of other things, too. And so he's, I mean, he's basically just using, like, the front and back to move uh, the screens and then probably a capture button for the camera. Um, he has a, a two capture button and a one capture button. Two capture button and As one a capture, capture button. Two frames or capture one frame. Why would you, I guess, why couldn't you just double tap the capture Apparently one frame? Apparently this is it enough that he, he needs the two. He okay. programmed it, so. Who... Yeah, who am I to question his method? What's it wired to? Because I'm looking at the glove and I don't actually see wires coming off of it. Yeah, it's, it's wireless. Bluetooth. It didn't start no, wireless. It. What the hell? This is not using the Nintendo Power Glove anymore. This is using like buttons from the Power Glove on an entirely new device. Sure, I would say it's a hacked Power Glove, personally. 
does he have like a Raspberry Pi on the Power Glove? Is no, that what's going on? No, it's just a Bluetooth controller, like a keyboard controller. Okay. Why is he doing the Power Glove instead of like a small remote? Because it allows it to literally be on his arm. It's just quicker for him. He's also okay. modded it so that he has uh, tweezers that hook that he can pull from the glove itself for doing stuff really quickly. I don't know. It's just stuff to make him more efficient. Yeah, and I guess it it does leave your fingers yep. open. So on a, a project that requires a lot of touching, that would Which work well. It's, it's definitely stop motion. I wonder what else you could use that for if, if he kind of started producing that. I don't know. Someone would have to actually go and start finding all the old power gloves. If you're going to mass produce it, you might as well just mass produce the new a new glove as well. Yep. What what would be really cool as a a startup company would be have someone print out a sheet of of grid and lay their hand on the grid okay. and take a picture of it. And then you send that to the company, which then 3D prints the glove. To fit the person's hand? To fit your hand. I could see that. Start it up, Dave. No. You're you the one who came up, up with the idea. I'll just take a commission. To be honest, I don't think there's that much demand. Yeah, you could generate demand for something like that. Also, there's not a real good um, rubber. I mean, I do know of one rubber that's 3D printable. But I don't know of too many that would work in this scenario. Would it need to be rubber? Want to be plastic? Hmm. I mean, ideally, you you could you could put like a cloth glove inside of it. So you three D print some of it. You put the cloth on. You three D print a second piece and and connect. Or just them. use a cloth piece for the entire thing, and then some plastic for the the uh, electronics. But then it doesn't look as cool. I don't know. It, it needs to look all cybery and and futuristic. Well, it depends on what fabric you use. Speaking of awesome things, the awesome games done quick for this 2005 raised over a million and a half dollars. Holy crap. And did you see some of those games? I didn't watch as many for this awesome games done quick as I did the last one that happened uh, late last year. Yep. They do one in the summer as well as the one at the new year. So I'd watch as many as I'd probably like to. I'll probably go back and watch some more. I just, holy crap, these people were insane. There were people who were doing, like, five-minute games because they've just broken these games so much. Yeah, I saw one game that was is just a horrible game that uh, was programmed by shoddy Russian hot programmers, and he literally got it done in three minutes. Was that the, yep, the, the truckers? Yep, the truckers can go to the speed of light and beyond. Andy and I have talked about that one a couple times because it's it's like the it's one of the worst programmed games out there. There's no hit co- collision for anything. Yep. Oh god, just and and people who did this stuff and did it so so fast. Can you imagine? Did they they recorded all of them? You can go back and watch it. Someone did Commander Keen. Yeah, somebody did. Uh a Ocarina of Time 100% run-through in less than five hours. I, I can't wow. even imagine getting literally everything in Ocarina of Time and beating the game in five hours. I probably used a couple uh, hacks. Glitches, maybe, but hacks, no. Yeah, uh, glitches is what I meant. Oh, they don't have the recordings. 
It should be on Twitch. It might I'm pretty be sure Twitch. that's what they used. Pokemon, Pokemon Red and Blue in like two hours, an hour and a half to beat Pokemon Red or Blue. Now, is that just beat? Or is that a certain percentage beat? Or gotcha. I, I think it was just beat. A lot of games played. Oh, they did do the, uh, this was probably one of the biggest ones, was the Tetris, like, ultra hard grandmaster whatever, where the pieces are invisible. That's just crazy. I can't even imagine how much memorization you would have to have for that. How know that it's memorization so much as, as the algorithm and knowing the algorithm. You're going to have to remember the top line, like where the top of each one is. So that's only memorizing like 12 things. But the problem is they do it so fast. It's definitely an awesome game done quick. Yep. My God, view prizes. What prizes did they have? Um, I believe if you donated a certain amount of money during certain time periods, they provided prizes as kind of a lottery thing. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's all trying to raise money for cancer research. And $1.5 million yep. for that this year. Maximum donation was $200,000. And the average was about forty. Dear Lord. Gamers are amazing, generous people. Oh, <laughs> do, do you know who did the $200,000 no, donation? Nice. Humble Bundle. Twitch uh, donated about 16000 altogether. Yeah, there's some, there's some uh, popular names up here at the top of the donation chart. Oh, ooh, it's tax yep, time, it's isn't it? There. Oh, joy. Uh, cars. Andy's not <laughs> here. Ah, ha, 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 ha. At CES and and presumably at the Detroit Auto Show as well, uh, this was BMW, yes, was. right? Yeah, BMW showed off one of their new concepts. Now, this is not a a here's what we are doing now. It's a here's what we want to do. Here's here's an example of something that we can do. Where it's they they focused on upgrading the headlights. So now it's got really cool new features like. If there's a car coming towards you, it actually blocks out the light that would hit that car. And when I mean coming at you, I mean like on the on the next other side of the road. Yes, the second lane. So so basically, you're not blinding Which would other be very drivers. Appreciated. Especially, yeah, especially uh, since uh, they're like planning where, on making on using the he, the floodlights and the headlights um, more when you're going faster, so you can see further ahead. So it'll be a brighter car in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had an infrared kind of a detector, and it would light up pedestrians and other living creatures on the side of the road. Just another way to get you more aware of your surroundings. Another thing that I saw that it did nicely was um, if a car came out and was like driving in front of you, uh, it split your headlights so that your headlight wouldn't be glaring into their uh their rear view mirror which was really nice so yeah that, that's definitely something that was uh hopefully something they can implement because i'm tired of all these super bright lights in my eyes yeah especially the people who have like these pickup trucks and don't don't tune their headlights properly not that i think they did it it's probably somebody at the dealership that didn't tune it properly but yeah, it definitely gets in my eyes being a low-driving car. 
So pretty fun stuff. I'm I'm excited for the possibilities. It is unfortunately still a concept. I mean, the the stuff that they showed is not here's a finished technology. It's a mock-up of here's what it could look like. Right. So we got to wait a couple more years. Yeah, and that's also from BMW. So if you want to wait for this to actually be a standard thing, you're going to have to wait for a little longer. We might have flying cars by then. Probably not flying cars. I don't think we'll ever have flying cars. I don't know that I want flying cars. People have enough trouble navigating in two dimensions. But that extra third dimension means you can uh, get around people. It's another... Also, think about crashes. Car crashes on the ground are bad enough. Car crashes in the air would just be terrible. I wonder if, like, even if we were to get flying cars, I wonder how high up they would go. Like, would they just standardly be, like, a foot off the ground, so if you crash, you don't kill yourself? 50 feet? I mean, 50 foot would would probably kill anyone in the vehicle. Right. Hmm. And anyone below it. Well, I think you're going to be screwed if you're below a car regardless. Those (laughs) things aren't very light. Well, right. I I wasn't talking about the 50 feet. I was talking about the, like, you're under a car. Right. A a flying car would have to be lighter. Yeah, but it's, I'm sure it's still heavier than a human. Yeah. And I don't want to have a human dropped on me from 50 feet. But would would 10 feet make a difference? Like, why, not in in living or dying from the car, but if you're only 10 feet above the ground, why are you in a flying car anyway? I don't know. 10 feet, it allows you to uh, not really have to worry about the terrain so much. You have to worry about bridges. Only if you go over a bridge. At 10 feet, you won't be going over a bridge. Right, I'm saying you can go along a bridge. I feel like to make it worth it, you have to be going higher and faster. Yeah, I guess I could see that, because you'd have to be higher than the trees in order to make a, a true beeline to any place. Right. And so so is that the advantage, that you're no longer confined to roads? I think so. Because, man, it would really suck to run out of gas above a neighborhood. I think it would just suck to run out of gas. Yes, but it would suck for way more people for your negligence of not filling the gas tank. Huh. Yeah, we're never getting flying cars. I don't I don't think there's an event like we we'd be better off putting that money towards researching teleporters than cars. I want a teleporter. No teleporters for me. No? No, I would prefer to have all my matter together at all times. But but we I promise it'll be you stepping off the platform. I don't think you can promise that. It's not like it's another copy of you. It's it's you, I swear. It have to be another copy of me, and you know it. Maybe. It's not the same molecules. You are more than the sum of your molecules. Yes, but if you use completely new molecules to make something in my shape, it isn't me. It's not what he would say. But he's not me, apparently. <laughs> yeah, some pretty big uh, existential questions there for teleportation. Yeah, just give me wormholes that aren't okay. that are just more like tele that are just moving Portals. space and time. Yes. So that that like your room in your house there's a door that actually is connected in space to a door in my house correct portals I'm, for the win i'm all for that 
I, I like that. Let's do that. Can we do that without tearing apart the world? Probably not. I don't know. We'd have to get some moon dust. Okay. Um, other things from last year, kind of catching up and closing up 2014. Uh, some sales numbers came in. Consoles all around sold really, really well last year. Console sales just kind of, they, they went up quite a bit. Uh, 20% increase. Which I guess really isn't all that surprising considering a lot of the good games for the consoles are actually starting to come out. Yeah. Again, it goes along with that theme of, at this point, it's almost silly to buy games or game consoles at or before launch. Yep. Like, it, especially consoles, I... I saw everyone lining up for like the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One. I just kept thinking, why? What are you? Why would you do that to yourself? You were going to suffer for the first couple months. It, it depends. Um, there could be, for example, a game that you really wanted to play on it. Uh, True. Like for PS4, the Infamous series, the Second Son was actually really, really good. True. But is it still just as good right now? Uh, they're working on dlc for another part of the game so yes i'd say so so if you had waited to buy the ps4 until now when it's much cheaper and much more stable and there are a bunch of updates out for it and for playstation network wouldn't that have been advantageous no because you could have played it earlier it's a single person game so you don't have to worry about online content ah okay console sales are up i bought a console in this last year which one the wii u Oh, you got the U. I got the Wii U. I came. <sighs> you you say ah, uh, but when you're out here, I'm gonna have you play Hyrule Warriors. I'm saying ah uh, because I'd prefer you would have bought the Xbox One so we can play together. I know, but the game that you want to play together is evidently terrible in multiplayer anyway. Only if you're playing with other people online. We would be Which playing the campaign. Is, but it, that's still playing online. It's using the same infrastructure. No, no. Uh, the problem that they're having, having is with multiplayer, like, people versus people. We would uh, want you to play the campaign co-op. Okay. Well, maybe I'll borrow a Xbox One sometime from someone. Some year. A friend of mine made a really good point of going to pawn shops. Interesting. And and he, he got himself a PlayStation 4 from the pawn shop. He said that pawn shops are where you go to to buy things that people uh, who have poor man- money management skills, like irresponsible people, take their stuff to. It's true. So you get, like, really good stuff at pawn shops because it's people who spent way more money than they should spend. I don't even know where the closest pawn shop would be to here. To Milan? Yeah. It's probably one in Ipsy. Probably. Probably a couple in Ipsy apps, actually. Speaking of really expensive stuff, Google Glass uh, seems like they're done with their experiments. In what sense? In the sense that they stopped selling it online to people for the beta. So it's it's still there, but they're not selling it? Or I they're pop- just not calling it beta, and they're still selling it, selling it? I think they're, they stopped selling it, um, and I think they're transitioning from the beta to something more consumer-friendly. Okay. 
I'm kind of excited for that. Although I'd rather, I don't know. I don't know what I'd rather in that case. Glass is like super, super impressive, but it's a lot of untapped potential. See, for me, I'm not sure how I feel about glass um, because it's close-ish to what I want, but it's, it's not quite what I want. I want AR. I don't want this half AR. Yeah. You, you want overlays. Yes. Although, did you see the, the Google Translate now does the live translation? I did. That was pretty cool. But that's the kind of overlay you want, right? Yes. And you want that from your glasses? Yes. Or contacts? Or contacts. Probably or, contacts. Or a head visor like the, the Oculus. I, I'm not so particular at the point. <laughs> Jordi LaForge's visor. Sure. Everyone goes around wearing a Geordie LaForge visor. Star Trek would make a lot of money. Well, Paramount would. Yeah. I figured whoever owned the rights to Star Trek would make a lot of money. Yeah. I don't know if it's the rights to Star Trek or to Next Generation. They're kind of separate-ish. Are they? Uh, I mean, there's, there's Star Trek as a whole, but then there's Next Generation specifically. And the people who own Star Trek don't own New Generation? Next Generation? Yep. I I think they do, but there's also other aspects of Star Trek that are not owned by them. Weird. So, like, the Tribbles are not owned by Paramount. They're owned by the writer? They're owned by the guy who wrote that episode. (laughs) Oh, copyright. You're so weird. Yep. Speaking of laws, uh, the, the GOP wants to enact a law for New Net neutrality. Yeah, I saw that. They they uh, submitted bills in both the House and the Senate that would effectively neuter the FCC. Yay! The, yeah, these these people are... Keep in mind, these are, are people who were elected using money given to them by the telecom companies. And so, of course, now that the FCC is hinting at... Um, Hey, we wanna we wanna switch this up, and we wanna make uh, we wanna make broadband be a higher requirement, and we want internet access to be a Title II common carrier, et cetera, et cetera, and doing all the cool things that the rest of the country has been asking for. Now these these congressmen and senators uh, are putting in motion a bill to say, no, you can't do that. On the plus side, the White House has said, you're stupid, and we disagree with you. Yep, which is, which is good. It means that at least somebody's looking out for the general interest of the internet. I'm just, I'm, I, uh, politics That's a, sucks. The White House isn't alone. Uh, Sprint is also talking of breaking ranks with the other ISPs. That was that's probably the most interesting piece on here. That one of the telecoms is saying, "No, we we actually like this idea of of net neutrality." Then again, you have to look at who it is. Sprint, Sprint, which is the number four carrier, which doesn't provide uh, cable access. Right, right. They they only do cellular access. They don't do cable. Whereas Verizon and AT and T, the numbers one and two do so it being their best business case for it to pass yeah anything that's going to knock down their competitors a little bit that's going to be good for sprint 
Also, Sprint is owned by uh, SoftBank, I think. SoftBank or Clearwire, one or the other, or both. <laughs> Which is a Japanese company, so they're they're operating with a different set of standards anyway. Right. I kind but, of wonder how how um, how the net neutrality issue here in America is going to play over the rest of the internet. I mean, I don't know. It, the The internet that is provided, I don't want to think that America controls it, but for the most part, it's American companies that provide most of the, the access. Well, yes and no. I mean, there's definitely, China has its own access because they have a great wall, and uh, Europe has their own providers, some of which are American and some of which are not. True. The but, thing with Europe is they actually get the choice. Grr. Yeah. Bastard. I want freedom of choice in my, my internet provider. <laughs> I have a freedom of choice here. I can do AT&T or I can do Charter. That's a choice, right? Sure. It's as much of a choice as voting for a Democrat or Republican, I guess. Kind of. Speaking of big uh, telecos, AT&T took a $10 billion hit. That is billion with a B. How do you lose $10 billion? I was just going to say, ask the government, but that was kind of snarky. That, that's pretty snarky. Not entirely inaccurate, but pretty snarky. $2.1 billion for abandoning copper lines that it doesn't need, and $7.9 billion related to the actuarial gains and losses on pension and post-employment benefit plans. $7.9 billion on retirement plans and $2.1 billion on abandoning copper lines. See, I don't understand how the 2.1 is is a loss. Like, why don't you just grab the copper lines? Because it would probably cost them more to rip it up. So can't you use some weird accounting to say that? I mean, the, so I, I think the idea is they've, they've basically written it off. It's not that it's a, it's a cost to them. It's that those are resources that they no longer have. Okay. Hang on. I've got the actual filing. Yeah. Uh, it's a $2.1 billion non-cash charge for the abandonment in place of certain network assets. So these are copper lines that they had previously owned that they are abandoning. $2.1 billion worth. So that strikes me as if they're abandoning that, does that mean somebody else can take it up? Potentially, I guess. Man, legal stuff with telecoms is weird. Uh, we have uh, Congress trying to put laws in. Yeah, they should really leave that to the FCC, the organization that they created to do that. You'd think they would, considering they don't get much else done. <laughs> New York wants to put in broadband. Hooray! At 100 megabits per second. Hooray! Statewide. Hooray! I need to move to New York. You know, I'm looking at this. AT&T just wrote off $2.9 billion in copper wire. But New York's plan is only costing $1 billion. Something does not add up here. Well, I mean, AT&T doesn't have to just be New York. AT&T could be like 
the entire uh, New England area. Yeah, but this is not all of New York in the sense of like anywhere you go. It's it's across the state. There will be places with this. I get. I don't know. Okay. In any case, New York wants to put in a a one billion dollar internet connection. I'm all for it. I'm pretty impressed with it. I think other states should pick this up. But who's going to be the provider for it? That's a good question. The new New York broadband program. Nice. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to hit before we get to review? Um, there is that security bug on Android phones that won't be fixed. What sort of bug? Um, it's There's a part of the... Um, the OS where it'll automatically open up a web page. Um, and you can, you can basically, I guess in versions older than 4.4, uh, you can, you can hack and use that capability whenever you want to install things. I don't know if it's installable or if it's, just it'll pop it open. Okay. Weird. Um, but Google's, so it's there. Google's not going to fix it in anything before 4.3. Most, and to be honest, most OEMs would have to push it regardless. So right. good luck on that anyways. Yep. That kind of sucks. Yeah. Okay. Then we've got the uh, Amiibos that sold uh, 2.6 million. The little friggin' Nintendo figures. Yep. Although I saw some kind of cool things that they do. Um, with the Amiibos, you can uh, teach your Amiibo how to play Smash Brothers. It basically takes, it tries to learn your style of playing for that character. And um, you can set Amiibos versus other Amiibos and kind of have mini tournaments that are kind of similar to that StarCraft AI competition, which I thought was cool. Nice. So you can basically use Amiibos as your Pokemon in Smash Brothers. Weird. But yeah, they've they've uh, sold about two point six million dollars worth. I want to know how much they've sold uh, for these Nintendo GameCube controller adapters because <laughs> those fuckers are still out of availability. I guess it depends where you go. I've seen them in stores. If you see one, can you pick it up? Pick it up and I, send it to you. I will refund you. I'll see if I find one. Yep. I have not managed to see one yet. And and playing Smash Brothers with a Wii controller is not the greatest thing ever. Not at all. <laughs> Wait, minus is grab God damn it. <laughs> Why would you put a button there? Just to mess you up. Yeah. Not not a huge fan of that. Alright. Uh review. Random review. It is my turn. I, I did offer to Bry, but he turned me down. I'll turn you down this week. Maybe next week. Okay. Shovel Knight for various consoles. Shovel Knight is a retro-style game. Uh, they they tried to stay mostly true to the technology of the late 80s. So the Nintendo, the NES. Uh, it is a a, a really tight platform adventure 
uh, with a lot of very familiar themes if you played through a lot of classic NES games. So it is often compared to Castlevania with the, the level design. It is often compared to Mega Man with the different bosses and how each boss has their own themed level and their own abilities. Uh, It is DuckTales because you have a friggin' shovel and you're bouncing around on it. Now, to be fair, in DuckTales, he was pogo sticking on his cane, but similar idea. Yes. So instead of pogo sticking on your cane, you pogo stick on your shovel. And Zelda, because it's it's got the aspects of Zelda 2 where, like, you... You level up. Although in this you don't level up by getting XP, you level up by just getting gold and then buying your upgrades. I have to say, the most striking piece of the whole thing, though, is the music. Striking in a good way or bad way? Good way. The music, it's done by uh, Jake Kaufman, Vert, who's done some other games. He did Double Dragon Neon. He... Uh, he's been a, a member of the kind of game remix community for many years. Uh, and, and he knocked this one out of the park. He did a fantastic job on this music. It's got that really nice upbeat NES era kitschy tunes. Uh, he recorded it using the NES chipset. So it's actually authentic music. That's dedication. Yeah, it like it's really good. Go let me let me see if I can pull up a link for it real fast. Sending you a link. So just go listen to that for like the first ten seconds. What do you think? Very impressive. Yeah. Isn't that just incredible? And that's what you hear when you boot this thing up. Yeah. So I will add that link to the the notes so people can actually know what Brian and I were just talking about there. So I've put five hours into this game at this point. I'm about halfway done. It is a little pricey. So on Steam, I think it it goes for twenty bucks. Nope, fifteen bucks now. Uh, but I did get it during the Steam the sale, so I got time. it for. Yep, you can buy the soundtrack. Like that's how good the soundtrack is. That it's ten bucks. Uh, I got it on sale for like ten or twelve bucks, and definitely was worth it for that price. At this point, I'd I'd actually recommend that it's it's worth it for the fifteen. Uh, I'm just over halfway through the game, maybe two thirds of the way through the game. So, you know, if you if you figure price per uh, hour, I'm at about fifteen. Uh, I'm at five hours, so call it a seven hour game for a, a good single first run through. So about two bucks an hour. That's not bad. Yep. It's a really good game. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it. Hard. Very hard. They they brought back a lot of that kind of NES feeling. So it's it's a really hard game. There are some pieces to it that are just like, holy crap. But it's so fun. Awesome. I encourage people to check it out. That you recommend while this, while it's on sale. I actually at this point recommend it at the the regular price. It's worth fifteen dollars for this game. If you really want to wait for it to be on sale, it tends to go on sale during like the last day of a Steam sale. Good to know. Shall we do the random topic? Sure. Rolled ahead of time. 
Random topic. What scares you more? The questions that Aaron Hanswitz has already sent in or the questions buried on his question spreadsheet. So for those of you who are not aware, Aaron has sent us the majority of our random topic questions. All the really, really weird ones, they tend to come from him. Uh, what I've learned is that he has a spreadsheet that has several hundred more questions. And so the random topic question here is, what are we more scared of, the ones he's already given us, or the ones yet to be named? And I think that's a pretty easy answer. It is always the fear of the unknown. See, I fear them equally, because I have a feeling they're probably about the same same place. Yeah, but we've already taken care of the ones that he's already done. So? So we don't need to worry about those anymore. They're done. They're gone. Unless somebody else decides to resubmit them to see if your question, your answers have changed. But but we we don't do that. We've got the list of the topics that we've already done. Right, but if I were to go back and re-ask some of the old questions... Why would you do that? That would be so mean. I'd actually... I don't know that Andy and I have talked about that, about what happens when someone's resubmitted a random topic. I might have to do that just so you have that conversation. You are welcome to do that so that we have the conversation. I have a feeling we're going to have the conversation when Andy starts editing this episode. Because, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how your answers differ. From what they used to be to what they are now? Yeah, this podcast has been going on, what, five years? Guess again. Two? What? (laughs) You said to guess again, so I guess... Guess better. It's more fun to guess poorly. So I'm I'm more terrified of the questions that have yet to be released. Those are kind of scary. And I am not terrified of either because I usually listen and don't. Yeah, have you answer. you don't usually have to worry about them anyway. So it's a terrible random topic to have a guest on. No, no. Yeah. All right, that was a short random topic, but that's <laughs> that. I mean, it's it's a very basic question. What are you more scared of? That's probably for the best, because I think we went really along on some of the others. Alright, well, that would be it then. Uh, Bri, anything you want to add? Any last words? Um, contact me if you want to join the study hall for the um, the Python class, and I'll send out an invite to to what we're, when we're planning on having it. Uh, do, you, do you have contact information you want to give out? Uh, xakSEI at gmail.com x-a-k-s-e-i at gmail.com cool well everyone thank you for listening and that's a wrap this has been another episode of the random access podcast if you have any questions comments concerns corrections suggestions remarks reviews rebukes retorts or just rants feel free to contact us you can find us on twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at rapodcast.net. Thank you for listening.